your talk show for all things automotive. From the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron. Your host is Brett Hatfield, freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars. Get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting right now. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Driven Radio Show. On Twitter at Driven Radio Show. Pippa.io, tunein.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. We're happy to have you with us. My name is Brett Hatfield. I'm your host here on Driven Radio. I'm a freelance auto journalist auction analyst for sports car market and american car collector magazines and uh also a, a pretty big car nerd and i've got another car nerd with me my uh, co-host Vern estes he is a local shelby expert and you can find Vern at vernonestesclassics.com correct sir yep absolutely Vern, pleasure to be here good to see you again yeah absolutely you know there's an argument to be made for keeping the miles off that collector car you've got in your garage but rarely will you see this kind of return on your investment just for letting it sit i'm guessing you saw this 1987 grand national gnx on bring a trailer last last week that sold for two hundred thousand dollars yep pretty difficult to uh to summarize 8.6 miles on it and it, it did look brand new arguably it looked absolutely brand new but you know we were talking earlier you can't drive that car no you you can shell out the 200 grand for it but what you've got is a museum piece it doesn't get to go anywhere it's absolutely as it was from the factory but you also you've got all the rubber bits all the hoses all the belts all the everything that ages that has the the 32 years on it since it was built and you can't drive that thing ironically that car probably needs more maintenance right now than the highest mileage gnx in existence i would imagine it does but the the thing about it is it's a gnx it's very cool it was a one-year production only of the grand national they only made 547 of them like like we were talking earlier the feds ordered 50 of them right out of the box i think it was the fbi that got them Mm -hmm. so you know you're you're down to under 500 of them that were available to the public and how many of them i just reviewed one uh from that russo and steel uh auction in scottsdale there was one down there that had 256 miles on it but like all the that's high mileage yeah well like all the 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 g-body uh g-body cars the g-body gm stuff that had that polyurethane gap filler between the body and the bumper Mm mm-hmm uh, the Monte Carlos and the Cutlasses and everything had those. The ones on that car down at uh, the ones on that car down at Scottsdale had kind of turned this hazy gray color. And uh, you know I, the rest of the car was spotless. It had the original VR50 tires on it, but they they'd faded. This one that sold on Bring a Trailer was spotless. But again. I mean, you don't even know if it has, you know, when's the last time somebody put gas in that? Yeah, no, I, it's hard to imagine the whole thing. Uh, and I, I went online and I looked it up because I wasn't real familiar with some of the stuff. Uh, the GNXs, uh, they were they were Grand Nationals that 
were sent to ASC McLaren to be modified, and they uh, they were rechipped. Uh, they they by the time McLaren got done with them, and yeah, it's the same McLaren that you're thinking of produces the race cars and everything else. By the time McLaren got done with them, they said they were putting out 276 horsepower. Now the standard Grand Nationals were what 230 230 235 yeah 235 around there uh they said these things were putting out 276 but that 40 horsepower bump managed to get them from running in the 14s to running in the low 12s yeah of course yeah i think gm lied (laughs) just the insurance companies like the lie though yeah i'm sure they did uh in fact the gnx's that year were quicker zero to 60 and quicker through the quarter mile than a ferrari f40 well, then I guess we'd rather have it than a Ferrari F40, wouldn't we? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. It's quicker in the quarter. Yeah, no, I don't think so. At any rate, uh, the, in the final 10 minutes of the auction on this GNX, bids jumped from 135 to $200,000. Bring a Trailer is uh, one of those venues that they... There can be some very inspired bidding on Bring a Trailer. And, and Things do very well at the, last, at the last minute. Well, and the other thing about Bring a Trailer is... Their premium, their buyer's premium is only 5%, mm-hmm. which is lower than any other auction you'll go to uh, by about half. And a, and a fairly small uh, you know, fee to list the car and no seller's premium. So really kind of encourages people to actually list their cars in there. Yeah, the, I think the seller's premium is the $99 to put up the ad. Yep, and sometimes they run a sale where it's $49. as <laughs> if people needed an incentive to be, uh, be tough to, to get any cheaper. Yeah. All right. Uh, you familiar with Jason Torchinsky, the guy from Jalopnik, who's he's a uh-huh. yep. darker haired guy, uh, balding but trying to cover it. Uh, but he's he's a, a diehard car guy and knows his stuff. He had a commentary this week saying that we need to take. You ever seen one of those brand? Everybody has. Everybody know, has seen one of these, but nobody knows what it's called. It's called a Brannock device. It's the thing they use to measure your feet when you go when you go buy shoes. Uh huh. Um, Torchinsky says it's time to start taking Brannock devices and using them to make gas pedals and hot rods. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, he says that, well, he, he says this and he even had photographs to support it, that we need to take the Brannock device apart, break it up, and you use, instead of like uh, the big uh, chrome foot that used to be in some hot rods in the 70s as a gas pedal, mm-hmm. that we need to be replacing that with the Brannock device with the uh, the heel uh, catch on the bottom mm-hmm. uh, and take the slides on the sides apart and use them for the brake pedal and the gas pedal and that. And, uh, you know, that'd probably look real good on your second-gen Camaro with a set of Chrome Krager SSs and the uh, airbrush panel paint. And yeah, there you go. All that good stuff. Um I I kind of like the idea. Yeah. It would like you were saying earlier, it would be the first bit of originality in uh, in modern car making in a long in a long while. Well, we haven't seen anything in uh, in modern hot rods in quite a well, I, I take that back. You know, what we're starting to see now is guys don't build hot rods, they build resto mods. They take old stuff and they do LS engine swaps in it or coyote engine swaps in it. Throw a couple parts catalogs at it and, oh, yeah. and call it a day. Yeah. Uh but I haven't seen anybody do anything like this, and I, I I tend to agree with them. I think it'd be a, a cool swap. It'd be an oddball thing. It'd certainly get somebody to raise an eyebrow when they looked in your car and said, what in the hell? Oh, 
Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe he worked for Tom McCann a million years ago. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, uh, going to be interesting to see whether or not that catches on. I like the idea. I don't think I'm going to be doing it in any of my cars. We've got uh, another hot rodder coming up tonight. Our guest is Will Posey. He's the owner of Big Oak Garage, and he's also one of the podcasters from the No Driving Gloves podcast. If you'll remember, we had John Viviani on here a few weeks ago. Will's a really interesting guy. He's also a scary, talented individual. And he just sold a uh, one of his customers' cars at Barrett-Jackson here a few weeks back down in Scottsdale. He's going to be here to talk to us about that 65 Dart and uh, the other projects he's got going on and how he wound up running a hot rod shop out of a shed in his dad's property. That'll be coming up next on Driven Radio. Speaking of hot rods and old cars, our guest this week is another McPherson grad. I know I keep bringing back the McPherson grads, but it really speaks to the education they they give out of that program down there. And uh, Will Posey graduated from the restoration program in 2000 and uh, worked at a couple hot rod shops. And now he owns Big Oak Garage in Hoax Bluff, Alabama. Uh, Will just sold... A customer car of his, a, a really radical 1965 Dodge Dart at Barrett Jackson, and he's had uh, several of his cars featured on Scotty DTV on YouTube. Will, welcome to Driven Radio. Man, thanks for having me. Hey, it's good to talk to you. It was good seeing you at uh, at Barrett Jackson. Although you sure had a lot of people crawling all over that car. Yeah, it's it's a very unique car and. Uh, not many people take early eight-body Mopars to the level that we took that one. So it, 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 it always draws a crowd wherever it's at, and uh, not to mention it's, as you call it, what, lime snot green? <laughs> nah, it's it, nuclear waste green is what I was thinking. Nuclear but waste uh, green, there we go. Yeah, uh, you know, tell Vern and everybody else about that car. I've seen it in person, so I know how good-looking it is, but I can't even begin to describe all the stuff you did. Well, we started with um, an unrestored, really low mileage 1965 Dart GT. It had one repaint on it. Uh, when we started taking the car apart, uh, we pulled the door panels off, and the original plastic is still behind the door panels. So that, that kind of tells you what kind of car we started with. Um, it was uh, originally a 273. Four-speed, eight and three-quarter positive traction bucket seat console car. I know your Mopar people are about to cringe. I can hear the purest <laughs> um, crying from here. <laughs> um, <That> sounds delightful. <laughs> um, so, you know, we built the car for a guy named Willie Mays, and not the baseball Ooh. player. Uh, just I, was, the, I was about to ask, Willie Mays, really? <laughs> <laughs> M A I S E is how you spell his last name. Um, so he brought the car. I wasn't real familiar with early A body Mopars, so I was like, Willie, it's going to be a few months where we can get started on it, but I'd really like for you to bring it. 
to the shop and let me just kind of start studying it a little bit. And uh, so he did. And, and you know, them cars just have a really huge overbite. Uh, everything runs uphill. And I'm like, man, we need to give this car a forward motion and get rid of that huge overbite. So first off, we, we built a chassis and we extended the wheelbase two inches and then we wedge cut the roof one degree which wound up being two inches there and instead of leaning the windshield post back um, or um, lengthening the roof we decided to shorten the car behind the B pillars to line everything back up wow. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah yeah so um you wanted to make things as difficult on yourself as possible. I told you, you this guy is a builder, baby. Which <laughs> um, is a sneaky way to do it. I mean, we had all the floor pans and everything cut out of it anyway. So basically it was just cutting the quarter panel and through the rocker and moving it back and welding it back up. Yeah, easy as that. Um, so actually, you know, with where we were at in the build, it was actually fairly easy to do. Um, the thing is so when you're looking at all of that the thing that? is when you're looking at that car and you don't know what's been done you're thinking there's something different but I can't tell you what it is this doesn't right. look like and your that, average dart but there there's you can tell it's a dart but then it doesn't look like every other dart it's the mark of a well-done car right right and that's what we wanted you know Willie's ultimate goal was for it to still look like a dart but with you know if they were to build that car today type of thing, you know. Um, so so after we shortened the body two inches, we'd already stretched the wheelbase on the chassis two inches. So we cut the front fender well openings out and moved the front fender well openings full, forward four inches. <laughs> so as, as far as major, you know, changing of the body, um, that was the major stuff. Um, and then the list just goes on forever of, you know, Nissan GTR door handles, shortening the deck lid so it don't go down to the bumper and having a, a one-piece billet piece back there. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So what was the final drivetrain in that car? Um, it was a uh, Gen 3 Hemi. Um, started life as a 5.7 um, it had been bored and stroked to 392 cubic inches. We kind of wanted an old number there. so um, And then it had a Magnuson supercharger on it with a uh, TR6060 Tremec six-speed transmission. What kind of output is on that? Um, it was about 650. <laughs> a lot so, more than yeah. any dart had ever seen. Adequate. Good. <laughs> yeah. So, and it could have had a lot more. We just, um, one of the things about that car was I didn't want to get crazy on the hood because I like all those sneaky chops and nips and tucks and shortenings and, and all of that stuff. And I didn't want to give a lot of the stuff away with having a, you know, a crazy modified hood. And so we worked real hard on keeping a, like a stock appearing hood on it. So we ran out of room between the supercharger pulley and the harmonic balancer pulley. 
So we had to run a little smaller pulley um, in those areas to, for clearance. So, you know, the boost could go up a little bit more. It, it could have made more power. Um, but at the end of the day, 650 horsepower is plenty, uh, especially in a car like that that honestly don't – it's 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 never going to really be raced. It's not going to be driven to Walmart. You know, it's to get out and do burnouts and donuts and – and uh, show to your buddies and put back in the garage. And to look really cool. You could always do donuts at Walmart. (laughs) After they load your groceries in the trunk for you. (laughs) Yeah, you don't put the eggs in the trunk. Yeah. So Right, and I have have drag raced that car, I've autocrossed that car, and I have done donuts in that car. So it will do donuts. So it actually drives, that's good. Oh yeah, very easily. There you go. (laughs) So why start a hot rod shop? I mean, after the fact that obviously you sound like you're born to do this, but what got you convinced to start a hot rod shop in the first place? Well, I grew up in the back seat of a modified 56 Chevrolet. And it was one of those things where it was something I wanted to do ever since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. And my dad, my mom and dad, told me that I had to get a college education and so you know I was going to go to the University of Auburn and um, get a like an agricultural degree and um, and then all of a sudden we were watching my classic car one night and they were at McPherson and I was like that's where I want to go and dad's like well you can get an education in it let's go so um, so really ever since I was 14 15 years old you know my ultimate dream was to was to have my own hot rod shop with my father. Okay, so where did you start Big Oak Garage? Um, it was actually started in a little 30 by 40 shop behind my dad's house. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I'm a, you know, try to make it work, and if it works, then we'll grow it, and that was uh, over 11 years ago. Wow, no kidding. Uh, yep. So what sets Big Oak apart from other hot rod shops? I mean, other than the fact that you're perfectly willing to cut into a car and move every dimension on it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, we're not scared to do anything. Um, whether it's put a Model A back original, which we have done, um, to building anything. Um, and And... and that's kind of become one of our little niches is taking something that's maybe a little less desirable and and making it look like a desirable vehicle. Um, we've just recently completed a uh, 1942 Chevy truck. Uh, I know those trucks oh, cool. have a following, but they're not known as one of the better-looking Chevrolet trucks ever produced. Um and we won a GM Design Award at SEMA with it. So, you know, that's that's kind of a little bit of our our niche. Although right now everything in the shop is a very popular, you know, car to customize in the beginning. Um, but that's kind of really what got our name out there and 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 taking risk. You know, we're we're good with taking risk and. Uh, we painted a 32 Ford of bright gold in a traditional <laughs> fashion, and it made the cover of Street Rider magazine. Oh, that's very so, cool. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, I think, um, of course, our attention to detail, but that's, you know, all of your higher-end hot rod shops, you know, the gaps are perfect, and, you know, not just the gaps on the outside, the gaps on the inside. You know, your interior gaps are as good as your exterior gaps, and, you know, everything's symmetrical, and, you know, all your bolts are turned in the same direction, and, you know, stuff like that. So that's... That don't really separate us, but that's one of the things that, that that we're anal about as well. We're talking to Will Posey from Big Oak Garage and also one of the co-hosts of the No Driving Gloves podcast. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what defines a full-build car, what services Big Oak offers, and uh, Will's building a 61 Impala right now. And when I found out about that, I just went nuts. And I'm thinking, maybe could do some some stuff on my 61. That's all coming up next on Driven Radio. back with more driven radio we're talking to will posey from big oak garage and also one of the co-hosts of no driving gloves will your shop offers a lot of different services you know you do wheel and tire packages and brakes and stuff like that but can you tell us what a full build car is yeah a full build is where we redo every component on the car um we can do I have two different levels of full builds. Full builds without paint and full builds with paint. So a full build without paint would be like, um, you know, say it's your grandfather's 72 Ford truck that you want everything rebuilt on it, but you want to leave the outside the way your papa left it. You know, so we'll come in and we'll update the chassis or suspension, motor, transmission, you know, drive shaft, rear end brakes, interior, paint the underhood and make it look really nice and sanitary and uh, wheels and tires and, you know, whatever you want to do and just not touch the paint. And then one with paint is essentially the same thing, but we put a a signature Big Oak Garage paint job on it. And you've done that. You did that really amazing 65 dart but can you talk to us about some of the other cars you've done and again some of those have been featured on scotty dtv on youtube and go find those on scotty's channel those are amazing uh talk to us about some of the stuff you built um the 42 chevy truck that uh it actually just went home at the first of the year that well, we debuted in august of 18 that's the latest full build that we've we've finished um and i know i touched on it a little bit earlier it, it um it had a ton of little modifications uh just to really clean up the lines on the 42 chevy truck um that one ranks up there pretty high is one of my favorite uh, it did win a GM. It won the classic vehicle of the year from General Motors Design at SEMA last year. So, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty big honor to win that. Um, we did a uh, 32 Ford two-door sedan in an extremely traditional fashion. Um, wide block Ford straight shift. Oh, cool! Uh, just, um, just a really cool, just, just 
a hot rod. No air conditioning, no power steering, no power windows, nothing. Very simple, basic. Um, and we've built a lot of trucks. You know, trucks kind of seems to be one of our things, too. Uh, we've done two 65 Ford trucks, a 55 Chevy First Series truck, a 72 Chevy truck, a 76 Ford truck, a 33 Ford truck. So we've done a lot of trucks. Um the trucks are really hot and, right now. Yeah, that's the biggest thing in the car and market. And trucks, trucks are hot right now. And uh, I say that, and I don't have a truck in the shop, but... Um, well, it's because they're all know, gone. Built a lot of you built them all. <laughs> yeah, we, we built them all, right? <laughs> all right. Um, now you have to break my heart and tell me about the 61 Impala you're building. Of course, while you're doing that, I want to be going, I didn't do that on my car. I didn't do that on my car. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to get into a whole lot of what we're doing to it. Oh. Um, but... It just we makes him want to hear it more. Do I? I said that just makes him want to hear about it more. He's just going to pester you about <laughs> right. it off the air. Um, so it, it's it's a '61 Impala. Started life as not a perfect car, but a pretty good car. Um, we are modifying things on this car that um, when you tell people they cringe, um, but when you see it, people are like. Now I get it. Why didn't I think of doing that? You know, so it's there's probably going to be some Impala people out there that want to know why we ruined it. Um, (laughs) But it's still going to look like it's still it's it's a lot like the Dart, where if you don't really know those cars, you're not really going to know what we did to it. Um, But the guys that really know those cars are, are. they're either going to absolutely wet their panties or they're going to cuss me out. That's probably the <laughs> so, sign of any good car, though. Is it's got to be a little bit polarizing. Right. It's got to be a little bit polarizing. It's all, Otherwise, it's, all it's boring. About pushing the, right. It, it's all about pushing the envelope, you know, and, and that's kind of what we're doing with this car. And it's not going to be loud, crazy colors. It's going to be kind of a subtle color. Um, but um, the metalwork that's going into this build is is right up there with the dart that we did so that should give you an idea of kind of what direction we're heading with this car it's not going to be like a you know a Paris custom or nothing like that it's going to be i don't know it it, it i don't know the term for this type of car i think the term um, is cool it's going to be cool well, i think so um it's uh it's, it's definitely going to be uh, a little unique. So, so when you do th- when you build these cars, are all of these cars pre-sold? Are they all customer cars who come to you and they say, "I want something different" or "I want something that nobody else has"? Or is that how this works? Um, pretty much. Now, now everything that I have in the shop currently is all customer-based projects that I build per hour, um, and you know most of them call me and, hey, i seen you built, you know, this 55 Chevy first series truck. I'd like for you to do mine. Okay. And then, you know, I'll put them on the, on the books. And a uh, perfect example was uh, a couple out of Augusta, Georgia called, and they wanted me to do their 53 Chevy truck. And so I put them on the books, and, you know, a year later they call, and you know, I call them, and I'm like, hey, we're, we're getting real close. And they're like, well... 
We bought a 66 Cadillac. Can you do the Cadillac first? Sure. <laughs> you know? Um, so we're in the middle of building a 66 Cadillac instead of a 53 Chevy truck. So a lot of times it kind of goes like that. You know, we'll start off talking about one project, and then the next thing you know, we're building something totally different, um, which, which, which is fine. Uh, now, the, the case with the Impala, um, it's a gentleman that I got to know back when we were showing the dart. Um, Actually, before we were showing the dart, um, but really got to know him well when we were showing the dart. He had a '56 Chevrolet that was a Grade Eight car, and just become friends. And he told me that his first car was a '61 Impala, and uh, I was like, "Dude, why don't we build you a '61 Impala?" And his his '56 has had a lot of the same modifications that started the process of this car. And I was like, well, "Why don't we kind of do?" what's been done to the 56 to the Impala. And his eyes just kind of lit up, and uh, <laughs> he goes, all right, let's do it. So that's kind of how all that started. And um, With all this custom stuff you're doing for everybody and all these unique cars and the and stuff, it sounds an awful lot like the custom hot rod shows we're seeing on TV, we're seeing on, on different outlets. Uh when are you going to have a show on one of the TV shows or uh, on Motor Trend TV or something like that? <laughs> well, uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I've actually turned a few shows down. Oh, no kidding. Um, I have. You know, to, to me, there's shows out there that are good, and there's shows out there that are just really piss-poor terrible. <laughs> and if, if, uh, if they don't want to do the show that I'm willing to do, which in my case, it would be the cars would be the stars. Yes. You know, I'm not looking to be, uh, knowing you, knowing you the way I do, I'm guessing there would be no drama, right? There would be no drama. It would show quality workmanship, how to do things the correct way and really how long these cars take to build, you know? We're not into doing crap overnight. Very, very seldom do we build a car in a short period of time. There have been some cases where we have. But, you know, that's not really what we want to do. Um, all the guys that work here pretty much have families. Uh, we're not into living at the shop 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, so so when the right opportunity arises, then I would, you know, I have no problem with a TV show. Um, but I'm, I'm not looking to be some famous dude, some famous hot rod builder or anything like that. Um, but if they really want to show the world the the real ins and outs of, of building a high-end uh, hot rod, then, um, you know, I'm all for it. And knowing a little bit about it, being that Scotty D is a, uh, like a brother to me, you know, production cost is everything. And, you, you know, you can't afford to pay a guy to stand there with a camera for 365 days a year while you're building a car for three years. True. So, it's, it just isn't feasible. So how did you come right. to meet? So will it ever happen? You know, if it does, it does. If it don't, it don't. So how did you ever come to meet uh, John Viviani and Derek Moore? Well, John and I actually were at McPherson together. We graduated the same year, and about two, I guess it's been about two years ago, um, was talking with John, and he mentioned a podcast, and I said, hey, yeah, you know, I'm I'm willing to do that. And so John knew Derek. I had 
never, I didn't know Derek. I'd never met him, never talked to him. So we did a little three-way phone call, and next thing you know, uh, no driving gloves is up and running. And, and you know, I talk to Derek once a week, sometimes more than once a week, and uh, we've just kind of become, you know, friends. And, uh, you know, we, we donated our paint booth to the National Corvette Museum and came down and took it up and, took it back up there and you know i go through bowling green a good bit so we stopped there and have lunch and uh, so i got to know Derek through no driving gloves and me and john's known each other since 1999 very cool and it's a terrific podcast i have a lot of fun listening to that one we've been speaking with will posey owner of big oak garage and one of the uh, the three amigos for hosting no driving gloves podcast you can follow all of will's exploits and adventures at www.bigoakgarage.com also www.nodrivinggloves.libsyn.com you can find him at facebook uh, big oak garage and no driving gloves same with twitter and instagram will thanks for being with us really appreciate you taking the time and i look forward to seeing you at mac hey anytime guys thank you very much uh next up on uh driven radio we've got car shows that are coming up and uh, some auctions and i tried to talk my car host into going everywhere with me all that and more next on driven radio And we're back with more Driven Radio. We've got a lot of shows that are finally going to are starting to come up. We're crawling out of winter. Not that you could tell it by the snow we got last night, but you know you can't keep a good gear head down. So shows are starting to pop up. We've got uh, February twenty second through the twenty fourth. That's this coming weekend. The fifty ninth annual World of Wheels at Bartle Hall, three hundred one West Thirteenth Street. Uh, general admission is $19 for adults, $7 for kids 6 to 12. Children under 5 are free with discounted tickets available at O'Reilly Auto Parts. For more information, visit www.worldofwheels.com. I'm going to be going to that one. I'm taking PED. you got to convince your spouse to let you out of the house. Yeah, she's got to let me out of the cage first, but yeah, I think I'll be able to do it. Well, you know... To, Try Tell her I'm going to work. Try to unlock her when she's not looking. Yeah. And we're also going to take a couple other buddies. We're going to have to rent a small school bus for all of us to get down there, but I think it'll be worthwhile. You mean a short bus? <laughs> well, we're all used to that. Then we got March 3rd in Kansas City, Missouri, Crossroad Cars at 300 West 19th Terrace, 64108, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's $10 a car and cash only. Donation to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, 10% of the proceeds. Uh, 10% of the proceeds are supposed to be going to a $500 student scholarship fund. Uh, Go right ahead. Yeah, the lot will hold approximately 250 cars. It's held every month through October, weather permitting. And you can find more information at www.facebook forward slash crossroad cars. One. One. Uh, the guy who puts that on is a guy named Henry Accardo, and it was funny. Uh, I talked to him on Facebook once or twice. Yeah. Have you really? Yep. Uh-huh. I met him one time when I was coming into the studio. I was in the. Uh, I was in one of the. I think I was in the Corvette, and he walked up, said, "Hey, nice car." I put on a car show. Here it is, and I said, "Well, I do a podcast about cars. Why don't you come on in?" I've talked to him a couple times. He's going to be a guest with us sometime soon. Cool. I just got to get him nailed down. He is quite the promoter on uh, on Facebook. And I think he's it's been ever young. Yeah, he's cool. really young. So it's cool to see younger people getting involved and being interested in this stuff. We thought it was just going to be us. 
Uh, March 22nd in Gardner, we've got Cars for Kids Classic Car Show at Gardner Elementary School, 218 East Shawnee. Uh, it is, admission is absolutely free. It's from 6 uh, p.m. to 10 p.m. And uh, supposed to be a heck of a lot of fun. I haven't been to this one, but Gardner's close enough. I think it's worth a trip. Yep, absolutely. Then March 6th through the 10th, we got the Kansas City International Auto Show at Bartle Hall, 301 West 13th Street, Kansas City, Missouri, 64. 105 adults are $12 juniors are six from eight to 12 years old for more information go to kcautoshow.com forward slash information or email info at kcautoshow.com it's the perfect show to sit in all the the cars that you've probably seen before but that you know well yeah you go to you go to the auto show and i'm starting to think that half the reason they don't put knobs in cars anymore is because when at the auto show everybody steals them yeah oh yeah all the lighters are gone of course there are no lighters in cars anymore uh there's just powerpoints but it used to be uh, years ago i worked for a chevy dealer and you'd go to the auto show and after the cars were on the floor for about four hours everything that could be pulled out of the interior was gone and they, you know, they'd have new parts waiting for it when you got it back to the Chevy dealer. But all the knobs and the lighters and anything that wasn't nailed down left the car at the auto. They show. robbed the smokers package. <laughs> hey, uh, same days as the auto show, and this is the one I've been trying to talk you into going to. Uh, March 6th through 8th, Russo and Steel Collector Car Auction in Amelia Island, Florida, featuring over 250 premium lots of American muscle, classics, customs, European luxury, performance, and exotics, as well as an extensive offering of memorabilia. Uh, for more information, go to russoandsteel.com. I'm going to be down there covering this for a Sports Car Market and American Car Collector, but also lots of pictures for readthedriven.com. Uh, any interviews I can nail down, and at these auctions, you always get at least a couple of good interviews out of them. And I get to see Drew Alcazar again and his lovely wife and all the people who put these auctions on that I've gotten to be friends with from spending too much time around them. You really need to go. I know I should. I'm still contemplating You really need to go. I'm meditating. Well, there's a lot more stuff going on in Amelia Island that, that week. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of other auctions. There's the Good Amelia Island. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're going to have fantastic stuff. You've been seeing the emails coming mm-hmm. on those. Oh, yeah. And uh, the concours is going on. And also, it's an excuse for us to get out of Kansas in March. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like the excuse. It's time to go. Down at, Rus- at Russo and Amelia. This year, they've got a car that I know, you know, we've both seen it. We both have a little bit of time around it. It's uh, that number 4765 Shelby Cobra GT or Shelby GT350. And yeah. it's the, I, now were they all Wimbledon white with blue stripes? Yeah, every 65 was Wimbledon white with blue stripes. And the, the key thing to that car is that it's number 47, so it's an early two digit car. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about what generally drives value for those cars is the overall quality of the car and the history that the cars had. Uh, with that said, I mean, when you come to 65 Shelby's, uh, a little bit less than half of the latest half of production, uh, had the batteries mounted under the hood, as opposed to the first cars had the batteries mounted in the trunk, uh, for weight distribution purposes. And so the earlier the car in a 65 Shelby generally, you know, not given various, uh, variations in history or rust histories or repair histories or accident histories, the earlier the car uh, generally the better the car. And that goes from the first, you know, 32 cars, 31 cars 
don't have an S or an R in the VIN number to designate whether it's a streetcar or race car. The very first 40 or so cars were built at the Princeton factory with the Cobras uh, before moving to the LEX factory at the airport. Okay. Um, and then up to like early 300 serial numbers, they're all battery in the trunk cars. And in fact, actually to, to back up a little bit, the first 114 or so cars uh, were the very first order of them. They had 16-inch Cobra wheels. So there's all these different tiers in 65 Shelbys that... Well, you know, how- what was total production for 65? 562. 562. By and the th- next year, it, it quadruples, basically. Well, how many of the 562 special. were holdover for 66? Uh, those cars are completely different. So there were 562 straight-up 65 Shelbys, and then there were 252 uh, what they call carryovers, which are 65 Mustang unibodies turned into 66 Shelbys. Uh, and so the, the interesting thing about those cars is that they have all the cosmetic additions that a 66 had, while they have a lot of the chassis modifications that went away on most 66s that were present on the 65s. It's kind of like a, a lot of people see it in the hobby as the best of both worlds between the two. And this is why I need you to come down there with me so I can go to school on Shelby's. Yeah, I'll take you to school. Well, Just call I, me Professor Vern. I, I think you am. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're going to have another car down there. They've got a, uh, a maroon... Uh, 69 Boss 9. Okay. 69 Boss 429. And this car was also at Scottsdale, and it's been warmed up pretty well. It, I think it's had a transplant, and memory serves. It's a 547 cube, stupid horsepower now. Oh, yeah. But still looks stock on the outside. And uh, but they've got a lot of cool stuff. They've got a, a couple of Porsche 935, you know, the long tail 930 mm-hmm. uh, racers with the wide body kit. Turbos, on. yep. Uh, big turbos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yep. uh, I need to go to school on Shelby's stuff. I don't know this well enough. I'm going to tap you for that, Professor Vern. Sounds good to me. We'll take the short bus down there. Uh, yeah, well, uh, and that's why we should travel anyway. Take turns licking the glass. <laughs> You going to bring your crayons and coloring book? <laughs> anyway, a lot of cool cars going to be down there, and it's an excuse to get out of Kansas in March. There are still a few rooms available, although, I, honest to God, I don't, I don't think there's much close to a me. I think everything's in Jacksonville. And the other thing is, this is Russo's first trip to Amelia Island. They're going to do this from now on instead of the Newport Beach auction. So it's going to be cool to go see them christen this. Yeah, it should be an interesting market for them, considering that all the other uh, fairly large auction houses are down there. And that's March 6th through the 8th. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Dwi- Driven Radio Show, on Driven Radio Show, uh, pippa.io, tunein.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. We'll see you here again next week on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.